Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Today, friends, we're moving into another podcast series for the season of Epiphany. In the liturgical calendar, Epiphany comes right after Christmas, and so we are in the start of it. And in years past, we've done a whole series on ahas. Uh, This word Epiphany means revelation or aha, like a light bulb moment. So I'm bringing on um, friends or members of the Bethany staff to tell us about an aha moment they had during their walk of faith. I'm super excited this week to have Brian Jaster on again, and he has a great story about an aha moment he had during a high school uh, youth ministry event when he was in high school. So as always, friends, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for continuing to share this podcast feed with other friends and family who might be interested. We really do hope that it is of value to your life of faith all year long. But now I turn it over to this time of conversation with Brian Jaster about an aha moment from his journey of faith. Hey, everybody. We are sitting down today with the one, the only, the favorite Together for Good podcast guest, Brian Jaster. (laughs) Favorite. Wow. Here again. I'm here. Glad to be here. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Um, For the season of Epiphany, we find ourselves in the season of Epiphany. Uh, this is a, it's usually about a seven weeks uh, of the church year and of the church calendar. And that word epiphany means revelation or aha. 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 So this is a true story. We need to tell the, the genesis do. of aha. We do. Um, three years ago now. Yep. Our, our first epiphany three years ago. as staff members at Bethany Lutheran Church. Thanks. We put together this event on a whim. Like, on a whim. I came to your office, or you came to my office, Paper and within napkin, 10 minutes, 15 yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah, we were like, let's do a big event um, for all generations after church yep. on the first Sunday in the new year called Aha! Aha! And it was all about discovery and revelation. Yep. It was the perfect kickoff for Epiphany. Kids are crawling under chairs through tunnels, singing, doing crazy. It was, yeah. We played, uh-huh. like, kickball in the dark. Yeah, we did. Yeah, there was... Lights went on. It was crazy. <laughs> And from that, though, um, we have, uh, since then, thought about Epiphany as, aha! And in years past, on Sunday mornings, the pastoral staff has done sermons with about aha moments in their life. Um, I think I did a, one of my little devotional booklets that kind of dealt with ahas. And so now this year, kind of wanted to bring it to the podcast and sit down with people like yourself, Brian, and ask them, like, hey, have you ever had an aha moment in your life of faith? Have you ever had an epiphany come up? Something like that. I'm sure you have. Yes, I have. I and I, I have one that you've not heard, and I don't think many people have. Ooh. And it happened when I was in high school. And when I was in high school, I was part of a congregation in San Luis Obispo, California, called Mount Carmel. We used to call it Mount Caramel to make it sound and taste good. But Mount Carmel was in church, was a cool place where I grew up. Cool. And had a, a, a very close group of friends, all boys like myself, in high school, that I met when I was a freshman and I journeyed with for those four years. Very cool. And all... We were super, super close. But what was interesting was I think at some point in high school, I just thought like faith and life with God was just something I had to figure out in my own head on my own. And I don't exactly know where that came from. Maybe it's some of the American individualism things. I don't know what it is, but I got so scared in that. Yeah, I always thought, I've got to figure this out. I just got to get the right answers, the right thing. I figure everything out perfectly in my head. Oh, so it wasn't about it being like a really personal faith. It was about no. like, no, no, like I need to... I need to get the right answer. Yep. And on, Interesting. It's something I can only do on my own and no one else can help me at all. And that would drive me crazy. I'm very stressed about this for a while. Well, <laughs> I had a friend named Justin. Justin Ruthenbeck. 
Wasn't his name. He was, in, he was a groomsman at my wedding later on. Very cool human. Hi, and, if you're listening, Justin. Hi, if you're listening, Justin. <laughs> and he and I spent an enormous amount of time. We talked about everything in life and faith. Everything. Relationship with girls, family, jobs. He had a, drove a little truck. I didn't have a vehicle. Like, all the things, right? But we got very deep in all the questions about faith. Hmm. Where is Jesus today? What does love look like? What do I do with my doubts? Like, you name it, we talked about it. And it was sometimes planned, sometimes it wasn't. Well... The aha I had one day, one time. See, we live in San Luis Obispo. We spent a lot of time at the ocean. Eight minutes away was the was the ocean. We were at Avila Beach. We had a youth bonfire at the beach, which we often had. Very and, cool. And Justin and I were just walking the beach, just hanging out, talking, probably throwing frisbee back and forth, kicking rocks, or looking for shells, whatever. And he stopped as we were walking. And he had found a stick. And in the ground with the stick, and I absolutely remember this date in this moment, he drew a, a fish. So you may have heard of there's one of the uh-huh. symbols that's sort of a Christian type symbol is the shape of a fish. Um, there's different reasons for that. Maybe it's because Jesus ate fish for breakfast. Maybe it's the early thing where this, you know maybe Christians are being Fisher's persecuted man. and they had to draw a little fish so, so that they wouldn't get eaten by lions by the, and thrown in, by, in, by the Romans, whatever it was. But anyway, Justin wrote a fish, and he didn't even think about this for a while. And inside the fish, the like body of the fish, he wrote three letters: F T C, F T C. Okay, and there's an arrow kind of like pointing out. Uh, away from like out of the fish's mouth, okay. and the FTC stood for forward through Christ. Okay. And Justin said, "Hey, no matter what our questions or our problems, together we're going to go forward through Christ." And so those little le- three little letters, that little fish, like we draw on our shoes, like on the side of the shoes all the time, and like yep, a, yeah. and, and, and we kept that. But what that meant for me in the moment, the one that was like a mind blowing aha, huh. was that no matter my stuff, I wasn't doing this alone. Justin was doing it with me, and we had a symbol and had three letters. Forward through Christ. That just the two of us knew. And he drew it first in the sand with a stick right by the ocean waves. And of course, the ocean waves, he washed away that, that thing. But for me, that was mind-blowing. And that impacted my whole life those next, I think, two years of high school. Wow. That my faith was going to be with somebody else. And I already knew that. I mean, Justin's my friend. We went to the same church. But for some reason, that day... Once that, it had a logo. Yeah, that Mount, <laughs> Mount Carmel Lutheran Church barbecue by the ocean, and, yeah. you know, and bonfire and all this stuff that we did that walk the two of us did, that moment, it just hit me hard. And I probably heard that kind of stuff, right? Sure. No one ever told me, no, you got to do faith alone. People said, oh, that body of Christ image, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. No, no one ever said that. But it just, I just hadn't heard it in a way that was like, it hit me. And again, this really happened. Like it, years and years later, that moment, the waves, the smell of the air, the stick on the ground, and he did it very methodically. And uh-huh. I watched it, I had no idea what was going on. And as he explained it, it was super simple. Like, we kept it. I, I, I draw it in binders, you know. I wish I would have made, like, T-shirts or stickers out of it or something, too. Like, it was a big deal. That's really so cool. So, an aha, this revelation of God is something that hits us and impacts us and sticks with us. I feel like this thing is an authentic revelation. It isn't as here one day and it's gone forever. It stays. It remains. And um, I've had many like that. And, and they're often not, like, something that, you know, you throw a lot of money at or it's a huge, complicated mental thing that you've gone through. But in that moment, for whatever reason, because of Justin's friendship, it was, so, it was just this meandering walk down the you know, shore of Avila Beach and the timing in my life. Yeah. It impacted me in a way that I, I still can't figure it out. And I think what's really cool about that story in particular and how it, it, it kind of relates to a lot of epiphanies, most epiphanies, like you said, it was already true. Yeah, it was already there somehow. But then you realized it, mm-hmm. right? Like this particular acute yep. moment is where you're like, oh, like the pieces fell into place. Yeah. The pieces were already there, yeah, right? Are. You were already 
yeah. deeply in community, not only with Justin, but in that at in your that, church group as well. Oh, absolutely. But now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, yeah. look at what I have, what right. I've always had all along. That's really cool. I, I really I really like that because um, I just think that that's a, an important point for us to remember too is like the big aha moments of faith are often um, often just things that, that click for us that were always true. I know for, for me, yes. that's, that's definitely yes. like, like when I think about when my faith became something very, very personal, and very, very real for me, I, nothing really changed. It was just a mm-hmm. shift in perspective, mm-hmm. you know, just, just a shift in how it goes. And so what also is cool, not only about that, but the fact that, you know, this, I feel like that's such a, a hallmark of your ministry in particular and what you try to do. Right, like faith is made whole in community. Yeah, that is that, the Brian Jester quote. Yeah, and I, yeah, right. And that absolutely comes, whether I know it or not, right from that moment with Justin Ruthenbeck, as a I think of the end of my sophomore year of high school, actually. Yeah. On that beach in Alba Beach, like that sticks with me, even if I don't think about that moment, right? But when I talk about faith being made whole in community, that story has a deep memory within me. You know, we talk a lot about do not forget, remember is the is as our key word that yep. Jesus says at, you know, at the table. Remember, remember, remember. Like that for me, I, I remember that moment. I remember the power of the realization that my faith is so much larger and it's not even from me. Faith is this gift from God that comes in and with and through me, but through all the people and all the fingerprints of people in my life. And so like I can name, you know, a hundred of people who I've seen and known the life that's the life of Christ in and through, and I get to carry their story in mind. And that's one piece of it. So when I say faith has been a whole in community, Bethany, mm-hmm. both friends, like I'm thinking of Justin probably. Yeah. You know, it's some weird, strange way. Like, and that's the cool thing about Epiphany and that way it's such an aha is we don't have to be in control of faith. We don't have to be in control of our own lives. We don't have to even run and, and, and be in charge of our own lives. We get the great gift in Epiphany to know that the baby in the, in, who was in the manger recently, in Epiphany that the Magi come to and this light is shined to the nations. The light comes from this one and in and through us and for the whole world, but we don't have to be in charge of it. And that's why like, I think really of Epiphany, it's surprise. There's yeah. something surprise, at least to us, right? It might already be there or be around us, but this thing for me, it feels like a, a significant surprise, surprise in Epiphany. So aha is like a surprise, a moment of like, whoa, you know, and, and again, but I also want to say this too, like it's something that lasts. We have a lot of things that like surprise or shock us. You get, you know, a bit of ride or roller coaster, and those are good, but it's something to be really be a revelation in Epiphany. I think it sinks in and it sticks and it lasts because the light of Christ is eternal and it's forever. Mm-hmm. And so that's my sense of epiphany. Not that you can't have these moments like a glimmers, right? But but when I really think about what epiphany means to me, it's things that just last. It's the stories that just keep on telling, you know, and you can't help but return to, and you don't even know you have returned to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so thinking about that, right? Like I want to walk around this idea, this epiphany that you had with Justin on the beach, of faith is made whole in community. Um, and how that that has been ongoing, right? Like, like just l- l- talk about because there's so many spokes that that mm-hmm. branch off that wheel. So when I, when I think about faith being made whole in community, one of the things that just comes to mind that I love about like our Lutheran tradition is that we study Scripture in community. That was that was oh, a yeah. really big point for Martin Luther was like, no, 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 it shouldn't just be the priests who know how to read the Scriptures. It should be written in the common language so that everyone can read it. And when I go and lead Bible study on Tuesday mornings here mm-hmm. um, in prep for the, the readings for Sunday, I'm always amazed by how the different perspectives around the table cause me to read scripture completely differently. Yep. And, and sometimes it's not even what people say. It's just their presence there. It's like, oh my gosh, 
now I'm thinking about this person who's there at Bible study with us, and I know a piece of their story, and that's influencing all of a sudden how I read the passage. Whereas if I was just reading this alone in, in my bedroom, I wouldn't be thinking about that person, right? And they didn't even have to say anything, but just their presence there. So that's just like, again, that's one spoke for me of faith being made whole in communities. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, when we read the scriptures, it's these living words of God that have been passed down from communities for thousands of years. And when I read it with other people, it comes alive in a way that it can't by myself. Yes. Yeah, so I'm wondering if, yeah, I'm sure you've got another story. No, well, no Go. you're just saying, but what you're saying here simply is that like scripture is actually a mini aha. Reading scripture in communities is a mini epiphany every time, even though really the yeah, Bible, the Bible, well said. the Bible as a written story has been pretty much the same for a while. Yes, right. translations have changed and that makes a difference. But the real truth is the flesh and blood living people make the, li- the word living, the living word makes the people alive, right? And there's many ahas every time it's encountered in community, which is absolutely true. I mean, I, Let's be clear. For me, reading my Bible by myself is pretty boring and life is so stupid. I don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> truly, that's where I get. But when it's done in community and I can wrestle the story of somebody else. Go that far. <laughs> I am sometimes. It gets absolutely life-giving and amazing and exciting. Like, absolutely. For real. For real. Uh, and so, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the main hole in community part is just the special spice. The special secret sauce. Um, and that's a mini epiphany. Every yeah. Time. No, but talk talk to us too about. I mean, some of the you do so much community building work, like in confirmation curriculum, mm-hmm. and it's not always reading scripture and community together. Talk to me a little bit more about why you see that. You, you know, like just helping us ex- understand this this idea a little bit more concretely, right? The I remember so the other night, like you were doing a lot of work with the confirmation students, and they're like writing things on people's backs. Oh, sure. Right? And I know that that had, like, a really clear purpose for helping them feel loved and feel connected to the community and supported by this place. Right? Like, that's its own special piece yeah. of this. Yeah. Well, so that's that unique one that night. That's a good one, I think, to talk about. So, um, in America, and because we live in America, you were doing the work and life of faith here, there is this idea that you've got to figure out on your own your vocation or your job. you got to figure out your, the right one thing that's you. And... Again, because vocation for us is all about the work of the Spirit and the life of community, that's what we were doing all of that night, is being feeling support and the place to test out these different identities and excitements and things of our own gifts for the world, but in the context truly of community. So that little game, for example, is on your yeah. back. You got an example of, of, of a vocation, but the vocation could be something like mother or father or trash collector or doctor Right, but so it wasn't just like things you do, but it's an identity of who you are. Okay. So like well, one was listener. So you get to play with all those, and you have to pretend to be that vocation in that moment. So you're the listener. Well, someone might be the bricklayer, right? So you're interacting with her and talking about like, well, why is this vocation? Why is this? If our definition that night, vocation is meaning, meaningful work that's life giving to the world. Meaningful work that's life giving to the world. Huh. So something's meaningful for you that's life giving for the world. That's what vocation is. So we talked all about that, but then that comes to community. So. My hope that night is it relieves some of the pressure to get, like, I experienced like my, myself too, even, like, I gotta figure on my own and get the right answer. Yeah. The truth is, we could have lots of vocations, right? Like, lots of things that you do that's meaningful for you, that's life-giving for the world, that are vocations. I talked I, I talk about oboe playing, like, it's one of those things I get to do that for me is a meaningful thing that's life-giving for the world. I get to do that with other people, right? I, I like to fix stuff. Right? There's people in our congregation that like to fix up. Doing that with them, for me, is meaningful life and work for the world because we do it for the people. It's significant. But it's not our only vocation. It's lots of them. And that's the cool thing about Faith and Made Whole and Community. 
is that vocations are all over the place for you. Yeah, and there's there's a piece to this too that I'm trying to think about here as I as I listen to you describe it. Because in a in a faith community, when when you're bringing when you are showing up as a person who, who believes in this higher power in God, yeah. you sh- you show up differently for these callings and these identities. I think right, like it changes your stance as to how you would show up as a bricklayer, as a doctor, mm-hmm. as a teacher. I think if we if we allow yeah, it to, so. if you're really right, like if 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 person of faith is a true, you know, a real true part of your identity, well, then how you show up in community as your identities also shifts. I think. Yeah, because you're doing it for the other. Yeah, and that's the the key thing here. And not that people who are just doing it for themselves so they can make money and feel good about their day, which is important things, but vocation always pulls you out of yourself. For mm-hmm. the other as well, mm-hmm. and that's you know because what is our mission as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to love one another. It loves the other in some way within unique gifts and the things you've got going on, but that is even more, it's just greater because you share it and things that share grow. When love given away, it grows. When faith given away, it grows. Same thing with your gifts and your vocations. When they're given, away, they grow and they reciprocally, beautifully, mutually blossom and, and bless the world. And this really, really happens. Um, Interesting. And well, that's an epiphany, right? That's what epiphany is too. When the light of Christ shines in this infant Jesus who's now two and toddling, scrolling around, this light that's given, when it's given away, it grows and it spreads like nothing else. And if you don't have the community, yep. but using your logic, it can't grow. It, it doesn't. It doesn't right? the same way. No. And so that, that's also why it's made, faith is made whole in community, yeah. to use your phrase. Yeah. yeah, because before that, it's it's something less than whole. It hasn't grown. It mm-hmm. hasn't flourished. Because it's just, you know, locked up inside of you. Yeah. And I mean, this is just something that like you can, and you can just look and see this happening in front of you. There are a couple people in this church, for example, that are always puppies. And when they come and they're <laughs> around them and they start barking like puppies, I come alive in a way that no, where nothing else happens. Yeah. Faith is that simple and that easy and that bountiful and that everywhere. So that again, some skin, the light of Christ that we saw about shining at Epiphany, it will shine in places and spaces you never expect to see it. Drawing with a stick in the shape of a fish on the shores of Avalo Beach. Little humans that act like puppies, right? It will happen in ways that is beyond your expectations. And that's what Epiphany on Hall is all about. It is going to be beyond your expectations because Jesus and Jesus' work of bringing the reign of God is for everyone, everywhere, and always. And Jesus will make that light shine and happen all over the place where yeah. you never ever thought you'd see it coming and that's what makes it just the magic of the Jesus sauce. I love that. That's really really well put, Brian. And it's it's really beautiful to think about too of how it comes alive in a way that you're not expecting. Yes. Or that you might overlook in another space. You know, like that's the thing about these mm-hmm. epiphany ahas like it, it, it the outsider perspective, right? Like the person who was just walking their dog on the beach that night just saw like this no, high nothing, school kid, nothing. right? Like nope. drawing in the sand yep, right. and ne- never thought about it again. Not at all. Mm-mm. Right? And yet, yep. because of, yeah, like within the context of faith and within the context of faith community, it has this added depth, this added yep. baseline, this added sparkle that makes it come alive in a way you can And it's understand. like why I'm here today, decades later. Right. Why I'm serving on a church staff. Why I love Jesus now. It's because of stuff like this. It's compelling. It's fascinating. It makes all the difference. Yes. It makes the difference. I love it. Awesome. 
Uh, Brian, your gift um, in so many Thank ways. You so Thank you for sharing part of yourself. And you, dear listeners, thanks for listening. Stay in Stay peace. peace.